This is Big Talk. Michael Glab here. My guests this week in the studio, a couple of folks, Paul Bryan and Cynthia Wakely. First, thanks for being on Big Talk. Oh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Now, these two people trust in the healing power of horses. That is correct. We do. They are from uh, PALS, People and Animal Learning Services Incorporated. That is a therapeutic equine service. Yes. You get people on horses, I guess we could say, to improve their state of being. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Even, they don't always have to get on the horses either. We, oh, really? Yeah, we have mm-hmm. a ground program. Therapeutic riding is very good for people with physical disabilities, uh, such as um, oh, multiple sclerosis, huh. uh, cerebral palsy. It helps them with their balance. Uh-huh. Same with uh, people with developmental disabilities. Uh, it, it, it's very therapeutic. And then our ground program is very uh, effective in helping people who are recovering from various behavioral issues. Now Paul is the executive director of PALS. Cynthia is the operations director. So Paul sits in an office and makes sure everything goes well and yes. according to plan. Cynthia gets out there in, I would assume, her big boots and uh, <laughs> yes. and beat up jeans. Although you came in today, you're well dressed. You I look am. like an office worker. <laughs> I was a little surprised by that. I was expecting her to come in in overalls. <laughs> nope. <laughs> if you want to find out about PALS, go to palstherapy.org. PALS, that's over on State Road 45. The actual address of the place is 7644 West Elren Road. Now, that's just beyond that big uh, orchard. Just beyond Abel Nursery. Aha. You're sort of surrounded by the nursery. Yes, we are. And uh, they're very good neighbors, and we like to think that they look at us the same way. Your horses don't steal any apples off any trees. They do not, no. You make sure about that, (laughs) right, Cynthia? Pals was founded in the year 2000. Yes, it's our 20th anniversary. 20th anniversary. Why was it founded? So I can tell that story. Go right ahead. Um, So our founder, Fern Goodman, or Bonchek back then, Uh um, she actually was out in California and found... Uh, center that did therapeutic riding and so right then and there she's like I have to bring this back to Bloomington and so she brought it back to Bloomington and got it started in 2000 um, and really in the very beginning it was you know in this little barn and she would trailer the horses every single day to this barn to serve these clients so that in the very beginning it was just very very small um, you know as it grew and it got more involved then we moved to um, Ellington stables off of that road and we just grew, you know, into like 10 horses, 120 weekly volunteer. I think we grew to about four staff members. So it really grew into this much bigger thing. Um, and then, you know, along the road, they started, uh, you know, doing a capital campaign to try to get our own facility. So mm-hmm. in, in 2013 is when we bought our current facility and it is ours. We own it. Um, so now we have this huge indoor outdoor arena with 30 stalls on property. Um, it's 20 acres in total. PALS works with a 
great number of other nonprofits, yes. social service agencies, and so forth in town. I notice you do some work with Shalom Community Center, Middleway House, Girls Incorporated. Yes. Yes, in the past, and we're planning on doing this uh, restarting again, working with uh, Amethyst House, Stonebelt, the VA, their mental health uh, outpatient. Veterans program. Administration. Yes, with their uh, veterans who are recovering from PTSD. Our services really uh, makes a difference. Uh, again, the horse isn't judgmental. And that those feelings of guilt, shame, and remorse that accompany either recovery from substance use or from PTSD is something that uh, really the horse transcends that. And a, a veteran can go into a stall with a horse and really connect with them and know that they're not being judged. Huh. And it, it's, it's really, it brings a tears to my eyes sometimes. Getting on a horse or just being around a horse. Yes. You also mentioned that there's a ground program. Yes. What does that exactly mean? Okay. Well, first of all, let's back up a little bit. Horses are prey animals. They're also herd animals in that they, they, they respond to what's around them. Okay. And they're like mirrors of, of one's emotions. They're non-judgmental, and that's why it works so well with some of our uh, people who are recovering from PTSD and other uh, related issues. If you are anxious or uh, angry, the horse feels that. You may not even be showing it, but the horse will feel it. And so it helps people identify their emotions when they don't even realize that they're feeling that way. Then they learn how to deal with it. If they want the horse to work with them, they're going to have to control that. It's like a biofeedback in exactly. a way. Exactly. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Precisely. It, it's behavior modification. It teaches people how to, how to care for others by caring for the horse. And so it, it's really like magic watching it happen on our ground program. We work with uh, at-risk youth and uh, a whole host of uh, children who uh, they benefit from this ground program a lot, as well as adults with PTSD or recovering from substance use disorder. It helps people build a sense of trust. And the real big benefit is if they're in therapy, your traditional uh, cognitive-based uh, therapy or something like that, uh, sometimes a, a person is unwilling or reluctant to participate or open up to the group or the individual therapist. They go through the equine program that we have, and after a few sessions, they learn to open up, and wow. they, and uh, it teaches people mm-hmm. to trust in themselves. It helps build confidence, and it really is an asset to a lot of therapists. Paul, you've been on the job since November. Yes. And a part of your focus has been to grow the number of relationships you yes. have with the different uh, social service mm-hmm. agencies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've met with uh, at least 15 different organizations so far, and we intend to meet with more, but uh, the community, the, the uh, service community here in Bloomington and Monroe County is just amazing. Right. And um, what I try to do is uh, build collaborative relationships with people so that, uh, you know, our, it, it's a synergistic effect. Uh, the, the mission of Middleway House or uh, Amethyst House. Uh, they are dealing with the same population that we deal with. And right. so we try. what I'm trying to do, and everybody's on board, is to uh, 
merge our services so that they can be so that the delivery can be most effective. Now, Cynthia, how many horses are hanging around over at Pals? <laughs> so we currently have eleven program horses. Three of those are miniature horses, um, and then the other horses on the property are the border horses. What constitutes a miniature? Is there like a, it's a, a height level? It's a breed. Oh. So um, a lot of people don't necessarily know the difference between a miniature horse and a pony. Okay. Um, depends on the breed. Uh, so a miniature horse is actually a real full-size horse shrunk down. A pony is not. They have a smaller back, smaller legs. So a pony is very different than a miniature horse. I thought a pony meant a kid horse. Like no. A oh, it doesn't. <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? Here's the truth. I know nothing about horses. That's neither okay. do I. That's okay, though. <laughs> you know how to run the organization. You know the horses. Yeah. Cynthia, you've been uh, at this place, PALS, since 2011, you began volunteering over there. How did you get involved yeah, with that, Yeah, that's why I got sucked in. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've always been a horse girl. Um, and after I graduated from high school, because um, I'm from the area, I found pals because um, my riding lesson horse had passed away. Oh. And so I needed that horse fulfillment again. So I found this and I was like, hmm, horses and helping people. That's cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I started volunteering in 2011 and went through the whole college thing, all that fun stuff. Um, and then I became a staff member in May of 2006, uh, yeah, 2016. Yeah. After you got out of Indiana University. I huh? did. Yeah. There's a certain uh, setup for when you have somebody on a horse. Mm -hmm. There are people on either side, yep. right? And mm -hmm. then there's a leader. And what I found out is that the people on either side are called sidewalkers. They are. And that was your first. That was my first one. Everyone starts as a sidewalker when uh -huh. you volunteer at PALS, and then you work your way up. Sometimes you start as a barn assistant. Yeah. Sometimes you you're mean, like... Uh, Shoveling things, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you still have to do that? Cynthia? I do occasionally, yes. Now, now, be honest with me. Do you ever try to get this guy to do it? No, I want to do it. You want to do it? It's relaxing. You literally forget. It's therapeutic. It, you, you, it is, though. I mean, you literally forget about everything in the world, and you're focused on just doing this. Maybe you have a little music playing, and you hear the horses neighing and you know sneezing and stuff. It is so relaxing. I've been on a horse once in my life. <laughs> They're scary guys. They are. They're big. They could they could squish me. Mm -hmm. How do you get people to be not scared of them? It's kind of like what Paul was talking about with that herd mentality. Say it's just you and the horse. Yeah. One of you has to be the leader. Right? It, it would be me. You want to be the leader, okay. right? Not the horse. Yeah. yeah. So right then and there, you know the horse has a herd mentality. So yeah. you need to make sure that you're the leader. So we always work through you um, and, you know, help you understand how to communicate with horses, how to read their body language, how they react to us. We do a lot of talking about that so you know how to be the leader for that horse. Well, one thing I've uh, learned is that when the horse is sort of scared or maybe even a little angry, the ears go bad. That's is correct. Is that what happens? Yep. Ears are probably the number one indicator. And then there's all the noises they make, maybe the pawing of the ground, tail swishing, oh. um, you know, the level of their head. I mean, it's it's all about body language. So in other words, also, they get a little jittery, too. They do. Uh, they're like... Hey. Yeah. You don't see it too often with our horses because oh, they really? have to go through, uh, like, yeah. 90 days of training yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be able to go through our program. Well, speaking of that, what about the people who work with the horses, the staff members and the volunteers? Is there training for yes. that? There is, yes. So we are accredited through um, PATH International, okay. which is Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship. That is a governing body that tells us what we can and cannot do. 
So there's all these standards that we have to keep. Um, we are a premier facility, so we're even the higher level um, that you can get through this. So we have to have all these standards that we meet. So you're certified by this organization? Uh, PALS is. I'm not specifically. But okay. Yeah. Our instructors are. Yeah. Our so what is an instructor as opposed to you? So I'm I'm kind of the catch-all. I do office. I can jump out and do the horse stuff. I just I just kind of fill in all the holes and everything, especially since I've been with the organization so long and I started as a volunteer. I've really done almost everything except teaching, actually. Well, so no wonder you didn't come in here wearing filthy boots. No, nope, uh, I, I can overall. dress like that, yeah. though. <laughs> Paul, have you gotten on one of these horses? No, I have not. I think I might exceed the weight limit. Is that true? Is there a weight limit? We well, do have I, a weight limit. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to get on one because I, 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 that's my I tilt the scale. Yeah, that's his excuse. <laughs> that's my excuse. No, I, I really know doodly squat about horses. I, I did know doodly squat. I'm learning uh, by working with the amazing staff that I have. Um, our instructors uh, take their, their jobs seriously. They're dedicated and committed, and uh, they'd work for free if they could afford to. Now, you say instructors. Yes. What or whom are they instructing? They basically, they have a, pro, they, a lesson plan for like a, the ground program. Okay. An eight-week program where they have uh, lesson goals for each goal uh, of each session that they want to accomplish with the, you know, with the individual or with the group uh -huh. that they're instructing. Uh, therapeutic writing, uh, they actually help the person uh ride the horse yeah. and, and uh so there's a lot to it and they they're all certified uh we have two well right now we have uh two almost three uh instructors and i expect that to grow i instructed everybody uh when i came on board that they better plan on a 30 percent increase in their workload over the next year huh. minimum because uh, we have to. Crack it uh, in the whip, huh? Well, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a rebuilding phase. You know, PALS has had some turnover over the past few years. Some relationships have withered on the vine. Some of them never got started. And that's been my primary goal since I came here, is to revitalize those relationships and, and, and improve them if we have them already. Paul, you've been involved with nonprofits for a long time. Yeah. Uh, you've been a development director uh, here and there. You, As I say, you started at PALS in 2019, November. Mm -hmm. Before that, who were you with? I was a development director with the Indiana Forest Alliance for a number of years. I was a development director at Terra Treatment Center, which is a residential uh, treatment facility for people with substance use disorder in uh -huh. Franklin. Um, I've worked as a consultant and as a contractor for a variety of other organizations, uh, Human Services, Inc. and Columbus. I worked as a community development director there. I've never been an executive director at the, uh, until now for a variety of reasons. I, uh, a long time ago, when I first started my career, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I worked for a not-for-profit as an organizer, uh -huh. and the, unfortunately, the executive director, uh, even though she had an MBA, failed to pay employee payroll taxes, Oops. and we went bankrupt. <laughs> and I vowed to myself, if I ever go back into the not-for-profit world, I'm going to make sure that the organization I work for has the where it has the money. And right. So I got into development and grant writing and and all all of that. Um, so where does the money come from for pals? Well, some of it comes from our fees, our services, 
you know, it's fifty dollars a session. People who who can uh, have the wherewithal pay that gladly. That's on the yeah. lower uh, price range for similar uh, facilities like ours. A lot of it comes from grants at this point uh-huh. and uh, donations from individual donors yeah. from throughout the community. Those are our three main things. Are you saying that if I just wanted to go over to PALS today, mm-hmm. I could say, sign me up, I want to ride a horse? Yes, then. yes. We, we give individual lessons, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, aside from the therapeutic riding, uh-huh. just actual riding uh, horse riding lessons. Yeah, yes. recreational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can't, you know, under or over emphasize the support from the M- Bloomington Monroe County community. Uh-huh. Uh, individual donors. We have a large donor base that they give every year that keeps us running. Our board of directors are is amazing. Uh, one of the things that I noticed when I was uh, when I first interviewed for the job was in the past every board of directors that I ever worked with, if you mentioned fundraising or donors or meeting with donors they got this deer in the headlight <laughs> look and wanted to run for the door yeah i came and interviewed with the board at pals and this is what sold me on them that they took their financial responsibilities as board members seriously they already had a development committee with both board members and potential board members they had a governance committee that was functioning and a finance committee you and didn't have to invent those wheels i didn't have to twist any arms it it was already there and I said if they're that committed I can you know I don't care what what's going on within the organization at this point I can deal with it I understand that a big event is coming up yes. in May May 1st what's going on May 1st regarding pals well it's our 20th anniversary this year as we mentioned before and we're holding our annual gala. It's uh, celebrating our 20th anniversary, and it's going to be at the Switchyard Pavilion here in Bloomington. Uh, Cynthia is—I'm letting her drive, you know, run, take over the reins, so to speak, on that, and she can give you some of the background and details on that. Yeah. So what's all going to be going on, Cynthia? So um, basically, the event is a—we start with a. Um, silent auction that people uh-huh. will come and they'll look around the items and stuff. We have hors d'oeuvres that are passed, wine and beer tasting. You're not going to auction off a horse, are you? We have before. Yeah. No kidding. A donkey. I should say a donkey. A donkey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we start with that and then it kind of moves into dinner time. Um, we have a dessert dash that goes on that people will um, fight to see which dessert that they get first. Wow. It's very interesting. Um, and then we have our um, auctioneer, Jimmy Bean Coffee. He will be... Um, with us again this year and then we start the live auction um, and we have you know lots of different uh, packages too which are donated from businesses in this community Mm -hmm. we get a lot of support for this event it's a very big one so we're going to have a lot of uh, visual presentations of how the organization has grown since 2000 and what we've accomplished and what we want to accomplish for the next 20 years do people by and large know what the heck pals is around here yeah, I, it's, I'm surprised. I moved here when I took this job. I moved to uh, Bloomington. I had been living up in Helmsburg or near Helmsburg in Brown County. Oh, sure. And I mentioned to some people that I knew there, I said, hey, I took this uh, position at PALS. Uh, it, it's people and animals. They said, I know what who, who PALS is. Yeah, they're a great group. <laughs> so it's, I was pretty surprised huh. that uh, it, it, we are well-known. We could always become better well-known, mm-hmm. but... Um, uh, 
you know, the crew has done a good job. We we have a good reputation, and we want to uh, continue that and improve it and work more closely with our community partners. Apparently, something's cooking with Bachelor Middle School. We just had a meeting today with them uh, through the generosity of the Monroe or Bloomington Monroe County Community Foundation. We received a grant. This grant is targeted uh, to for the Monroe County Community School Corporation and specifically elementary and middle school children who have been identified to be at risk of not graduating from high school. Uh -huh. uh, and there's certain factors that people can look at and predict when they're in elementary and middle school, such as attendance, uh, right. suspension, running, you know, absences, all things like that. We met with them and they are going to uh, send uh, 10 children to our facility for eight, an eight-week uh, program of ground therapy, which is again teaching, giving them the communicate, teaching them communication skills, leadership, confidence, trust, uh, self-esteem, all of those things, so that to help them develop the other life skills when they come home and when while they're at school. Schools, uh, in in this case, uh, one of the teachers is going to get certified so that she could drive the school bus and take the kids to and from the sessions. That transportation has been an issue, I think, in, uh, in people having access to our facility. Even though we're not on the other side of the planet, <laughs> we are away from uh, the bus lines don't yes. go out there. And so one of the things that I'm working on is obtaining a vehicle so that we pals would have a, a van that could come and pick the clients up wherever they're at and bring them to our facility and take them home. You're going to put some uh, miles on that thing because sure. as I notice here, you guys give better than 2,000 rides a year. Yep, mm -hmm. yep, yep. It's not necessarily 2,000 people, people, separate right. people, but yeah. um, it's closer. I think we had, I, last time I looked, we had about 980 individuals that we served last year. We have a summer camp, that, that uh, both a half-day and a full-day summer camp for, for kids, what, 5 to 12? Yeah, 5 to 12 is what we re recommend. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's... So what do they do all day then? Oh my gosh, it's jam-packed full of fun. <laughs> Typically, we'll do some kind of um, groundwork in the morning kind of thing. Yeah. And then it moves into like arts and crafts and we have an educational moment and we have a theme for the entire week that we focus on. And then we do lunch and then we ride and then we'll do arts and crafts or games again. And then we finish with the educational moment again. And we actually work on this project all week long to be able to present to the parents and grandparents and all that kind of stuff. Um, at the end of the week, that's when we have the horse show, that they get to show off everything they've learned all week long. So they do the riding part, then they show what they worked on the ground, then they show uh -huh. what they worked in the educational moment. So there's there's so much that they learn in that one week. Who's the oldest horse? Ooh, on property or for pals? <laughs> Either. Okay, so the oldest one we have right now is 36 years old. Wait a minute. <laughs> Horses live 36 the years? The oldest one on record is 62 years old. No. Yep. That's the record. Wow. I mean, are they are they decrepit by that age, or can they stay reasonably... Depends on what they've done in their lifetime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So if they've been keeping active, they'll be able to remain active even into their dotage. Yep. yep. So the, the oldest one on property right now is 36 years old. His name's Pokey. Um, and he actually used to be a pal's horse. Oh. Huh. Yep. So he's just living retirement out. <laughs> 
Cynthia, I was under the impression that horses walked around and ate grass. So they eat about 20 to 22 hours a day. Yeah, um, oh boy, like me. So yeah, our <laughs> so our nonprofit literally like it never stops. You know, other nonprofits you shut the lights off five o'clock, they're done. Yeah. Um, no, ours is three hundred sixty-five days, twenty-four hours a day. Um, that we operate all that. So basically, what they eat is hay. Right. So we have to get square bales and round bales to feed outside or inside. Oh. Then they also have grain. Then you have the supplements, so oh. to help with their their hooves or their joints, and then treats. You know, treats. <laughs> Carrots? Carrots, apples, yeah, beets. Do they wear shoes? Some of ours do. What are they made out of? Um, depends on what that horse specifically needs. But, I oh. mean, it's the typical, you know, the hard metal. There's um, a metal, yeah. But I, I, isn't there like a hard rubber, too, type of a shoe, or am I wrong about well, that? Well, there's sometimes they're like wedge shoes. Sometimes they need... A, wedge shoes? It I know. Like high fashion. <laughs> it is, it's a crazy, and I don't I don't fully understand it, but I, I trust our farrier 100%. <laughs> um, but sometimes... A farrier is... The person that puts the shoes on, trims uh-huh. their hooves down. But it, they it, like doing a, a, a manicure. It's a just manicure. like our finger. Yeah, it's just like our fingernails. Yeah. They trim them down. They file them down. But it's also you know the angle that they c- cut it at. So you know cutting the toe versus the heel and how to. I mean it's it's a science is what it is. Well, sure. So yeah, we have to, we have uh, two horses right now that have shoes, but the rest of them are barefoot. Like Cynthia said, it's a three hundred sixty-five day year operation, and it costs about a thousand dollars a day to to run the place. It does. Yeah. Wow. Feed and care for the horses. You know, we have uh, veteran, veterinarians come out and check on the horses. Uh, they're, because of our certification, there are a lot of uh, requirements that, that will ensure the horse's health and well-being. you got to make sure you're not abusing those horses no. or neglecting them in any or way. Or overworking yep. them. Or overworking they them. Can, uh, one of the standards states what, that they, uh, I think that they can only work for six hours a day. We only have them work four hours a day. Cynthia, uh, where should someone go once again if they want to find out a little bit about PALS? They go to www.palstherapy.org. Aha. Uh-huh. And we rely heavily on our vet, or on our uh, volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of volunteers. There's one uh, volunteer that is there every morning at 7 o'clock feeding the horses. And... Uh, there's veterans that are there until 8 o'clock at night, or veterans, volunteers there at 8 o'clock at night. And they're really the uh, part of the backbone that makes PALS a family. If I wanted to volunteer, Cynthia, what would I do? And do you need any more volunteers? We do. We always need new volunteers. Um, so our volunteer coordinator is Krista Arthur. The best way to reach her is to either call the barn, so that's 812 336 2798 extension okay. zero or they can email her at volunteer at palstherapy.org uh-huh. um, so to kind of give you a, a really good picture of how many people this involves so say we have three horses in the arena so that's with three clients and all three of those clients need maximum assistance so that's one horse leader and two sidewalkers right that's nine volunteers yeah. for 45 for minutes one, yeah. that's for one lesson so as you can imagine we need a lot of people, you know, to help us out. Our guests this week, Paul Bryan, the executive director, and Cynthia Wakely, the operations director of PALS, People and Animal Learning Services Incorporated, Healing Through Horses. Cynthia, Paul, thanks for being on Big Talk. Thanks Thanks for having us.